my suggestion to everyone in Southeast Asia is always this. Do not launch your product in Southeast Asia first. Always launch your product in the US or the UK first or something like that. And after you launch there for maybe about four or five months, then you bring the product back to your local market. You're listening to the Ecom Exits Podcast with your host, Nate Ginsberg. Learn the best tips and tactics to improve profits, cash flow, and maximize your e-commerce business value on the way to a successful exit. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back, podcast listeners, to the Ecom Exit Show. I'm joined today by my friend, Andy Lee, founder of the fabulous FBAULIS training program, which is the largest e-com training in Southeast Asia. So we've got Andy joining us from Singapore. Excited for him to share all kinds of uh, insight into what it is like and the opportunities selling from and in Southeast Asia. So Andy, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me uh, on your podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah. So first, Andy, can you tell us, uh, let's start with getting started. So how did you get into e-commerce to begin with? Oh, okay. Uh, I used to be an insurance agent for about 10 years. And after that, because of some issues, uh, I went into some investments and uh, also in gambling and everything. I went into bankrupt. Okay. Uh, so I used to be an ex-bankrupt. And uh, after that, I started to look for opportunity to, to do, to make money. So uh, I went into eBay selling first. Okay, so I used to be an eBay seller first. After that, I went to Amazon. So I started off selling uh, in Amazon as a dropshipper. I learned it from my mentor in the US. And after that, I slowly from dropshipping, I went into the Amazon FBA business. So overall, I have been doing the e-commerce business for about, eBay is about seven years, and then for Amazon is about six years. So you got your start selling in eBay and Amazon America, is that correct? Uh, yes, uh, in the US. And uh, of course, today I, I don't only sell in US, I, I sell in UK, Japan, Australia, and also uh, Singapore. That's all. And yeah, and so uh, with your your training, is it around getting, yeah, I guess, uh, helping people get started uh, selling on any of these platforms or Amazon focused or combination? Uh, thank you for asking. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, our training programs is all offline. So which, are, which we are a bit different from um, most of the trainers who are doing online. I mean, there's pros and cons, of course, uh, but offline, I prefer to do it offline because uh, it's like you get to see them face to face. And then if there are any problem, you know, you can uh, actually explain the problem much easier when you see them face to face. So our training program is in, um, in Southeast Asia. That means uh, currently now is in uh, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Philippines, Indonesia. We are also in Hong Kong and Taiwan. And uh, for Cambodia and also for Vietnam, supposed to be in 2020, we already got our office and, and our company registered. But due to the COVID-19, uh, we are postponing uh, maybe to third quarter this year. We shall see how. And from there, when we started doing all this uh, training and everything, uh, I got many very good students. And uh, most of these students, they are also local sellers in Southeast Asia. That means in Lazada, Shopee or even Tokopedia, which is the biggest in Indonesia. So um, these sellers, uh, they are also my students. They are all like seven-figure sellers, and they wanted to learn from me to sell in Amazon. So uh, I cooperate with them, and I train them up. And also now they are also helping me, our company, as trainers to teach people not only selling in Amazon, but also in Lazada, Shopee, etc. So uh, we are so-called the largest uh, e-commerce training school now in terms of uh, teaching in the Southeast Asia platforms, plus Amazon, 
And also we do uh, teach uh, Shopify and also eBay. Cool. So really multi-platform, multi-region. I mean, Amazon and FBA being a part of that, but it's really more about e-com in, in general, hitting a lot of these different platforms, which which is cool because, because yeah, I mean, on the podcast, we've talked to, you know, have many, many very experienced FBA sellers in America, UK, but uh, but yeah, not not nearly as much with the platforms in Southeast Asia. And so, so yeah, can you you share a little bit about, uh, you know, what, what is the opportunity like selling on these platforms in within Southeast Asia? As a matter of fact, the inquiries that we got uh, and people who are interested in our class is getting, the percentage of people asking about our classes from China is actually getting more and more. The reason is because um, in China itself, right, the people selling in Amazon, you know, they are sellers, but uh, it's, it's more or less like it's already like over the trend already. They are starting to like feel that it's uh, getting harder to sell Amazon and, and things like that. So they're looking for opportunities and Southeast Asia became one of the very good opportunity for the Chinese. The Maybe I can uh, share with you a little bit about, about the local platforms like Lazada and Shopee. Okay, uh, first of all, the local sellers, let's, let's say for example, if I'm a Filipino, I can open the local store. When I open a local store, I have better traffics, okay, traffics from people to see my products and everything. Uh, but I can also, I'm not a Filipino, let's say for example, I'm a Chinese from China. I can actually apply for something called global selling with uh, Lazada or Shopee. And uh, I can actually send my items all to the fulfillment center in uh, in Shenzhen, there are actually three, if I'm not wrong, there are three fulfillment centers now in China. Wow, then it's in Shenzhen. And um, I can just send my items over there and they can ship out for me uh, in Philippines, in Indonesia, in uh, Singapore, in Malaysia, etc. So basically, it is like one account and you can do like all the Southeast Asia countries as long as Lazada and Shopee is inside. It is very different from like, for example, if we are doing like in Amazon, if you want to do a US, you have to open a US account. And if you're doing UK, you have to open a UK account, etc. So um, by doing the, uh, using the system from Lazada and Shopee, it's actually a very powerful system and etc. But of course, if you do what the Chinese do, you know, um, they use this uh, method of the global selling method, your traffic is in so-called the global mall, which you do not get as much traffic as a local seller. Okay, so um, Lazada and Shopee still do speed them up so that it is more beneficial to the local sellers compared to uh, overseas sellers. But of course, you know, nowadays with so many black hats and everything, uh, you know, for what I know is uh, there's a lot of people selling accounts for local accounts. Okay, but of course, uh, in our class, we do not teach that and uh, we do not teach black hats. But what I know is um, there's a lot of people buying accounts. Let's say, for example, if I'm a Singaporean, I want to sell in Philippines, so I will get a Filipino account. And then um, I can get better traffic and I can sell better. So this is roughly how it's happening in Southeast Asia. And um, also one thing we like about Southeast Asia is because they are not as strict as like in Amazon, like eBay and etc. I mean, Ned, you are in Southeast Asia now. I'm sure that you, you know the local platforms. They are like very um, relaxed in some of the policies and everything. You know, um, um, so but of course... In Southeast Asia, the amount, the selling price, you cannot be expecting as much as like in Amazon, US and everything. So uh, in Southeast Asia, we go more for inbound rather than more in terms of the price. Is there any difference in terms of, I mean, what products or categories are selling or is it this, you know, the same general approach, you know, that if someone is interested in, you know, expanding into some of these marketplaces, is it the same kind of approach that they would take? Okay, good question. Uh, I have some um, US uh, clients who work with us to expand to Southeast Asia. We have a few methods to expand to Southeast Asia. Like for example, we we do provide. Uh, we do have business partners who do uh, fulfillment centers in uh, Singapore, in Philippines, and etc. So we can work this thing out for with them. 
But I think most importantly, um, when they send the items, before they send the items to Southeast Asia, I will usually take a look at their items. Is it suitable for the local market? Because sometimes the local market may not accept the things that is selling very well in the UK or in the US, etc. And uh, also another thing that we look out for is more of the packaging and also the um, instruction manuals and everything. Like for example, let's say if you want to sell in Indonesia, if your packaging is, you know, uh, you, you do until very nice, you know, uh, a lot of my friends in Amazon, they, they, they have very, very nice packaging. But if you sell that in Indonesia, you know, it, it's possible to sell, but usually they will feel that this thing is very expensive. They are not going to pay too much for it. Okay, unless your price is very reasonable, very cheap, but then they will also be very curious. So like, why is this packaging so nice and this thing is so, so good, but why are they selling so cheap? Is it a fake product or something like that? So we will usually um, advise our clients to maybe do a new packaging for Southeast Asia. And then also their product, is it suitable for the Southeast Asia? So in Southeast Asia, we also have tools like, you know, for example, like as Amazon seller, we have like Helium 10, we have AMZ Scout, Jungle Scout, you know, to check. Uh, we also have tools. Uh, these tools are developed by the Chinese. Interestingly, it's by the Chinese. Okay, I also don't know why no one in Southeast Asia have actually done that. So uh, we do have software to check whether your product is it suitable for the local market. And um, one thing very which I like it a lot is because in Southeast Asia platforms, it's really like a cowboy town sometimes. Because, you know, there's not much things about you know, like FDA certifications. <laughs> I, I see people selling fake stuff, you know, so many fake stuff inside there. Okay, uh, but of course, we don't sell fake stuff and um, we try to focus on our store to build our store, our branding, etc. Yeah, so uh, maybe share some of your more like uh, successful students. You, you know, what what are they doing and, you know, what type of success are they finding? You know, uh, maybe I can give you an example. You know, during the um, pandemic in China, that means, uh, as you all know, the pandemic, actually, uh, China was the first to, to be affected. Okay, if you remember that time. So during that time, after China actually um, solved their problem, it starts to go to the US, the UK, you know, in Southeast Asia, etc. So a lot of people ask me, you know, uh, during this pandemic, pandemic, what can you sell? Okay. But actually, usually I will tell them, you know, what you want to sell is basically you have to see the trend or what actually happened in the past, the history. So when I observe what happened to, to China during the pandemic, when they were doing a shutdown, where nobody can leave home and etc. What are the things that sell very well in e-commerce? And true enough, right? Those things that sell very well in e-commerce in China, I actually sell them in US and I start to make money from there. So what happened is uh, for my Southeast Asian students, I always tell them that, you know, do not focus too much on your own product unless you are a factory, okay? But of course, most of my students, they are like individuals. They just want to make an extra income. They, they are not factories and everything. So what I usually tell them is about trend. They just have to pick up the new trends in the US or the UK and then try to bring it in Southeast Asia, something interesting, and then you can actually start to sell. And by the time where people start to sell as well, at least you have made your first pot of gold. Okay, but of course, if you're a Southeast Asia company, uh, factory, you have a product that you want to sell. My suggestion to everyone in Southeast Asia is always this. Do not launch your product in Southeast Asia first. Always launch your product in the US or the UK first or something like that. Okay. And after you launch there for maybe about four or five months, then you bring the product back to your local market. Then when you do this, right, your perceived value goes up and you can actually charge people more money about it. So that's one of the methods that we do as well. Mm, so you launch first abroad. I mean, well, if you're located in Southeast Asia, you, you launch first abroad, which then builds some some brand value. So then when you launch the products in Asia, you can sell it for more. That's great. So yeah, and what type of sales volume do you see, you know, some of your, uh, you know, your, your, your top students make that are selling in Southeast Asia? 
So um, I one student right, basically his uh, shops are just basically selling hooks. You know, hooks that stick on the wall, hooks that you stick on your bathroom, in your in your living room. You know, to hang things. And it looks so simple. And the whole package, the uh, because he sell in bundles, it's not even it's not even like twelve US dollar. It's around it's around ten US dollar. It can actually do about a seven figure in terms of US dollar in just one year, just by selling different hooks. So Southeast Asia, the market is actually also very big. Consider, uh, I mean, if you do all the countries uh, combined, it is actually a market that I would feel that is a, is as equivalent to the US market in a sense. And people is very willing to spend in the Southeast Asia market as well. Yeah. And having spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia, and I mean, I'm currently in Southeast Asia as well. One of the reasons that I've really enjoyed spending as much time here as I have is, you know, there's so much growth and energy, you know, in Southeast Asia. I mean, I was living in, in Vietnam and in, in Thailand and, and yeah, it's, it's different than America and Western countries that have already developed. And, you know, being here where it's, you know, developing, it's exciting. And, uh, and also it's like the growth of of these countries in terms of development and, you know, the middle class and purchasing power in, you know, these countries. Southeast Asia, uh, I mean, I'm guessing you've seen some of these, you know, maps where it's like you draw a circle around Southeast Asia and there's half the world's population. <laughs> so there's a lot of people here. What market? So if sellers were interested in exploring uh, one Southeast Asian market, what one do you think is a, uh, would be good to get started? I will say that um, because if you can, of course, you will go for all the countries itself because uh, it's, that would be the best scenario uh, so that you can know which country sells your particular product the best. Uh, it's like a test. So you can launch in all the countries and you see which country accept your product better than the rest. Because uh, some products actually sell very well in Singapore, but it may not sell well in Indonesia. It's a totally different ballgame. It's really more like a, a trial and test and also to have a good research on all the countries to know which product sells well. And uh, if you do not have a local partner, sometimes it's a bit difficult because uh, like, for example, if you want to sell in Indonesia in Tokopedia or in Lazada or Shopee, the languages are in, like, in Bahasa. It's like a Malay language. Uh, so it is very difficult for you to know if you are not uh, used to all these things. And then, then for in, uh, Malay, in Malaysia, uh, most of the listings are also in Malay and etc. So um, it's good you need to have a local partner. But of course, if you are from the US or the UK and you want to try a local a Southeast Asia can, uh, country to try first, then I would suggest the easiest will be Singapore because Singapore is really all English in terms of all the listings. So Singapore will be a good start to try it out first. Cool. And uh, and so in which platform, I guess, yeah, what is the main selling platform in, in Singapore? In terms of the Southeast Asia now, the biggest would be Lazada and Shopee. I think most of you guys know uh, Shopee belongs to C, S-E-A, and then uh, Lazada belongs to uh, Alibaba Group, etc. But of course, within all the different countries, uh, there's still uh, usually a bigger one than Lazada and Shopee. Like for example, in Singapore now, the biggest is in, is Q10. It's called Q10. And then in Indonesia, the biggest is called Tokopedia. But of course, Lazada and Shopee is usually the number two and number three. They are always like fighting with each other. I would suggest that it is always good to have a local partner to work something out first rather than you step into the water like that 
is uh, actually quite dangerous. Yeah, I guess uh, need to, I mean, especially when you're dealing with these different languages, probably need to um, get get help from from someone on the ground to uh, be able to do that. And so I'm just curious. I mean, I know that you have, um, you know, with your, your trainings, you're working with sellers in, all over the region. Are there certain similarities or differences that you notice about your students in the different areas or certain regions that maybe, you know, tend to have more success? Most of the people from Southeast Asia, uh, but I'm, I'm not, uh, this is just based on my uh, my personal experience. Um, people from Southeast Asia, we, we tend to experiment more stuff. We, we dare to experiment, we dare to try something new. Okay, but of course, I'm, th- I'm not, uh, this is just on, based on my personal experience. And uh, that is why my students, when they, when they try something out and they, they will do it, they will make sure that they succeed. And uh, that's why the success rate is higher in Southeast Asia compared to my students in, let's say, for example, in uh, Hong Kong and also in Taiwan. But, but of course, I'm not saying, you know, um, the other countries are, are, are lazy or something like that. Uh, no, but rather I would say that because uh, most people in Southeast Asia, we have an advantage. Because uh, most of us knows English and Chinese and, and things like that. So it's easier for us to be able to capture uh, more information from the, the East and also from the West. Because um, nowadays, uh, I get a lot of information from China as well. Even my Amazon, um, on the, the RM, my manager is uh, from China as well. So they do update me on uh, new stuff and new information as well. Well, yeah. So other thing, I mean, uh, it's a really cool position that you're in to be exposed to so many new and uh, up and coming sellers. And, you know, one thing I'm just, you know, curious about, are there anything that you notice from your students about the ones that, you know, maybe have more success versus ones that maybe aren't able to reach whatever levels that they are looking for? Any personality traits or habits or, or yeah, just anything that, that stands out to you? Uh, usually students who do very well are those who don't ask a lot of questions. Uh, when I'm, what I mean is basically, right, when I tell them to do A to Z, they will do A to Z. They will never ask you, you know, why do I need to do this or why I don't need to do that. I think that is one of the most important things. That means you do not ask a lot of questions, just do whatever the mentor teach you. This is the first thing. The second thing is about do not ever give up. Many people give up too early. You know, my first four products was was a, was a disaster, okay, in Amazon. And I, I only became successful on my fourth product, okay? The first three was a disaster. I, I think never give up is also very important. Many people think that, you know, the first product they do, is going to be very successful. Uh, no, everybody uh, learn from their mistake. So never give up is the number two thing. And uh, number three is about a lot of students who like to be spoon-fed that means uh, whatever information you put them to their mouth, you know, feed, it, feed them, are usually not going to be successful. But those students who, let's say, for example, if you teach them something and they will go and learn more additional things themselves outside in their spare time or their free time, they will succeed much better. So these are the three most important things that I feel that if you want to be successful in this business, it's about keep on learning new stuff and don't ask so many questions. Just do whatever the trainer asks you to do. And thirdly is your mentality. Do not give up too early. That's uh, some wise words and, and, and yeah, good, good advice. Ask questions. Don't give up. Yeah, I think uh, applied to, to most areas of life is, is important. And for the, uh, for the listeners out there, any tips, advice that, yeah, for ones that are, are looking to you know, really expand or, or grow their business this year? 
So what happened is, um, uh, so for anyone who wish to expand their business in Southeast Asia, uh, what I do is um, uh, during this pandemic, of course, I, I'm not hosting this, but once the pandemic is going to be over soon, I actually have four times going to China to this place called Yiwu to do sourcing. And what is interesting about my trip is that uh, I bring you guys over there. I'll bring you guys to do the sourcing and everything and to teach you what the things to look out for and how to navigate that place and etc. But what is most important thing in my trip is that two things. First thing is I will not bring a lot of other trainers over there and then blow up the price of the of the cost okay so my cost I'm, i will make it very affordable uh, everybody can afford to go okay so uh, it will be very simple uh, you'll be me sharing my experience with you it's all going to be experience sharing and the number two difference is that all my southeast asia students will be there and among them many of them are sellers in lazada and shopee as well uh, amazon sellers and etc so to do to go there together to network it's actually a very uh, uh, wonderful thing because um, every trip we have, we have around 100 people and you can get to know the Southeast Asia uh, sellers as well, etc. So uh, if anyone is interested, you know, can just let uh, Ned know uh, and then they will, you can get me, man. No problem. Yeah, I'd say, uh, I, I mean, yeah. And, and, and also I'm curious, you said the trip is in, in Iwu. I guess why why is, is that, you know, where you go for the sourcing trip? Uh, when I first started doing this business, right, I only know how to do uh, sourcing in the Canton, Canton trip, uh, the, the Canton expedition. There was once I heard about this place in Iwu and immediately the next day I, I bought a train ticket. I was so funny, I bought a train ticket and I sat about six hours just to reach Iwu. And uh, from then, I went to Iwu every time. As a matter of fact, I've already been to Iwu for 42 times. <laughs> so I, I know that place very well. Uh, I got cheated many times there. Seriously. Uh, I mean, <laughs> and I, I know the government, uh, some of the government uh, people there, etc. You know, um, over the years, we have been there for so long. Uh, everybody know, knows me and uh, know us. And why is that place important? It's because uh, I think it is a very good place for people to start to learn how to do sourcing. Just one location, you get about 700,000 different suppliers and distributors in one place all in one place. I, I think that is a very, very good place to, to start with for anyone to start e-commerce business. Yeah. So what, uh, I mean, you mentioned getting screwed over. Like what, what, do, what do you mean? I mean, what happened or yeah, yeah. What happened that we can maybe learn from to, to avoid in the future? I bought something before. Um, I bought about 1,000 pieces of uh, item before to sell in uh, Singapore um, Shopee. And the first 1,000 item was uh, fantastic. So, you know, after that, I start to order one container. So uh, after that, the whole container was actually, the goods are all very bad shape. So uh, after that, I start to realize that, you know, um, you never uh, order 1,000 pieces or, or no, uh, one container or whatever without doing, doing a check or inspection in the country itself. You know, you cannot be based on what you have bought before last time to determine the future's uh, the, the quality. Even if you deal with someone for five or six years already, it's still important to do an inspection every time, especially if your quantity is big. So I was screwed before for, for such item. I lost quite a lot of money. I also lost money before, you know, when you place the order. This is something very uh, important. I think a lot of people sh uh, can learn as well. It's the, day, it's the way that you write the date on the invoice. Okay, uh, because in the way we write the date, the day is always in the front and then the month is in the middle and then followed by the year. What the Chinese will tell you that their month is always the first digit. So when, they, when you write the delivery date, they can actually tell you, no, no, your delivery date is actually three months later or four months later, something like this. So you have to be very careful on the way you write the date. And uh, also any changes, you have to counter sign on the invoice and everything. So uh, I got cheated before as well. So uh, I, I learned my lesson and I share all my experience every time when my students go with me to EU. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is uh, important to understand the local way that things are done, including uh, dates written and, and everything, because, yeah, it's easy to, you know, some of these details to kind of slip by that can have some some big uh, consequences. And yeah, I mean, uh, just, just saying, you know, candidly, your the sourcing trip sounds like a blast. And uh, whenever it is uh, happening again, would love to join, participate, help. Sounds, yeah, really cool. And I would love you to be there, man. We'll do it. And I mean, and, and yeah, I mean, I know there's there's so much exciting things going on in, in Southeast Asia. I mean, I know you and I living here obviously can see firsthand, you know, what the growth of the region looks like. But can you talk a little bit about how you see the Southeast Asia markets developing in the coming years? The next two biggest um, countries that we are going to focus a lot will be Cambodia and also in Vietnam. Okay, first of all, let me talk about uh, Vietnam first. Amazon, I've been talking to China Amazon, I know that they are actually going to be very focused in the next two or three years in Vietnam. So uh, that is why I've already set up my companies. Uh, I'm all ready to go into Vietnam as well because Vietnam is really developing fast. So Amazon has already, um, they already have an office there now also in Vietnam. Another thing I heard about is about Cambodia. The, the reason is because uh, I missed the boot in uh, Vietnam about four or five years ago where one of my friends, they started a training school uh, in terms of teaching English in Vietnam. So I actually missed the boat about five years ago. So that is why Cambodia now is the next place that we are going to train. We, we, we actually are talking to the local government now already. And we're going to get a permit soon. Uh, we are trying to apply for a permit for an English language school as well. So uh, our training school in uh, Cambodia will be a school where we're going to train people to, talk, uh, to, to learn English and also to, to learn the language of e-commerce selling. And then we'll be teaching them how to do uh, e-commerce as well. So this is our plan for Cambodia in the next one or two years. And then for Vietnam, we are also going in to do all our Amazon training and everything, etc. Uh, and we already have a local partner already to help us to do all the translation and um, etc. These are the two countries that we see that the growth is, is going to be uh, huge and crazy. Of course, as long as the handphone penetration rate is high, that means people using handphone uh, more and more, the e-commerce business will always grow in terms uh, in, in Southeast Asia. Because in Southeast Asia, the handphone penetration using uh, the handphone to, to use a smartphone is actually one of the highest and is even higher than USA. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, good, good for some of the, the listeners that, you know, don't have the same exposure to Southeast Asia as, I mean, you or, or, or me as well. Yeah, cool. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you know with that, anything else you uh, would like to share with the audience or uh, some final tips or tricks or advice for uh, th- those sellers out there? Uh, I'm looking for cal- uh, collaboration uh, with people who is interested to uh, to look more into Southeast Asia in terms of e-commerce. Whether you're going to do Shopify, you're going to do your own, your own shops, or you're going to do Lazada or Shopee, whatever. Do contact me, you know, be more than happy to, to, to talk to you, see whether is there any collaboration to be done. All right, uh, Andy, so you mentioned interested in exploring collaboration with sellers that are looking to expand into Southeast Asia. Can you uh, talk to me a little bit and uh, explain, you know, what, what that looks like? Like what type of collaboration and, and, and ways you can help? What I do is um, with our network, we can actually help sellers from the US, from Europe to open the so-called to sell in our store. Uh, what I mean is basically because it's very difficult for overseas um, sellers to open a local store inside, let's say for example, Philippines, Lazada, Shopee, uh, Indonesia, etc. But what happened is uh, because for all the countries, we have our own company store. It's registered through our company and we, we have our own store. 
So if for anyone want to, to tap in on our platform, our network, they can actually uh, work with us and we'll, we will, of course, we'll do a profit sharing and etc. But the best part is uh, we will help you to sell. That means uh, you use our store, use our network, and then you can use also use our mailing list. Our customers will have mailing list. We can send it to them, tell them about your product. By doing this, there's a few methods we can we can do, okay, in terms of the fulfillment. The first method, of course, uh, if your item is in, in the US, okay, then of course, you, you need to send it from US to the Southeast Asian market. Okay, this is the first method, but which is not a method that I like, but this, this can be done. The number two method is that you uh, ship directly from your China supplier. Uh, if your China supplier doesn't allow you to do like per order basis, that means, uh, let's say, send out per order every day. If they do not allow this, uh, don't worry. In China, we have a lot of uh, business partners that can do this for you. You just have to send the items to, to their warehouse. It's like a, you know, it's like an Amazon FBA warehouse, you know. You just put it there. Every day when there's order, we'll send the orders to them. They will ship it to uh, from China to Indonesia to Malaysia, etc. So this is the second method. The third method of fulfillment you can do it is by uh, sending the items to our local warehouse in Singapore, in Philippines. And then from from the Singapore warehouse, we'll send it to Singapore, uh, the customer. So it's um, even much faster. So there's a few methods you can try out. We are more than happy to explore. And of course, every method has different uh, costing and everything. So it's good that if you're keen, you can uh, actually contact me. I'll be more than happy to share with you. All right, cool. Yeah, so so sounds like a, a way for sellers that are, they, they want to explore the opportunity in Southeast Asia and you're able to offer them a very, a lightweight option where they can leverage your infrastructure from the companies that you have set up locally to be able to start selling in your warehouses to, yeah, kind of test it out. So is that something that, I mean, sellers, are are they able to test out like, I mean, yeah, I guess like if this is something that they're interested in, you know, how many many units would they be able to try something like this out out with? I would suggest that, you know, if you want to do a test, of course, depending on the the category and also um, the competition and of course the research, uh, usually you can do around 50 pieces. So about 100 pieces to do a test first. And then um, if you want to do a test, you can actually send it to our local uh, warehouse to do the test. You can put it in our local warehouse and then just test it out, man. No problem. All right, cool. Well, that seems like, uh, yeah, a pretty low commitment opportunity to test out a new market or new markets. And uh, and yeah, and so for, for sellers that are listening, like, are there any product categories that you think have better opportunities in these Southeast Asian markets? One of the best thing that I always think that, Southeast Asia has the best to sell is always beauty products and also um, supplements. The reason is because it is very different from the, you know, the US or UK where there's so much of FDA certification, you know, etc. They are more relaxed. But of course, I'm not asking you to sell things that is not is illegal or anything, you know. But I'm just saying that, you know, you want to sell cosmetic, you want to sell um, supplements, it's very easy to sell in Singapore, Malaysia, etc. in the uh, Southeast Asia platform. So this is uh, actually, if you look at the top 100 products, usually in all the different countries, supplements and beauty products are always the top ones. Uh, and also baby accessories. Hmm, okay, so, so baby accessories, supplements, beauty... Cool. Well, we'll keep that in mind, and, and I actually might have some some people that uh, could be could be interested. So, one a question though on supplements: Are they would they need to get different labels, or are they kind of able to sell with their current labels if it's a test run? 
This one, I'm not very sure on uh, how much is their test run. Um, because we prefer, if you're doing supplements, I think it's preferably that you already been selling in Amazon, in the US or whatever, and you have a lot of quantity there. You can just take about maybe 20 to 30 bottles to test it out. I think that that's quite easy. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Well, well, cool. So, so yeah. I mean, I'll definitely keep this in mind, and any listeners out there uh, as well. Yeah. Any other thoughts on what would could be a good opportunity for sellers to you know leverage your your infrastructure or what? Yeah, could could be poised for the most success. Southeast Asia is a market that um, it cannot be. Uh cannot be forgotten uh, and cannot be um, it, it has to be focused on if any of the listener here is interested to know more uh, I have a I have a report um, a presentation about Southeast Asia market you know how big it is and etc and then uh, I also have a price plan if anyone interested just let me know uh, I'll be more than happy to give it to you to see whether you want to work with me or not all right awesome well uh, well yeah I guess with that in mind what is the best way for listeners to get in contact and, uh, and yeah we can of course we'll, we'll share your you know contact in the show notes for anyone that yeah is interested in exploring expanding to Southeast Asia uh, by the way uh, if you guys want to contact me uh, you can go to my YouTube channel is at andyamazonadvocate.com okay um, andyamazonadvocate.com Okay, you can get me over there. Uh, you can message me. Uh, you can find me on Instagram using the same uh, same keywords and also in Facebook pages. You can find me everywhere. Thank you, Ned. Thank you so much for your time as well. Yeah, excellent. Thanks for coming on and uh, hope we can meet up again and in the China trip or Singapore or Vietnam or Thailand or s- somewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Andy, thanks for coming on. Good to chat. Thank you. Goodbye. This has been the Ecom Exits podcast with Nate Ginsberg. If you're enjoying the Ecom Exits podcast, show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help other smart entrepreneurs find us. We appreciate your support. We have a new episode every week on the Ecom Exits podcast. So catch you next time. <laughs>